Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the history of Sacardvillo, Georgia. I'm your host, Roberto, and you're listening to the 2022 holiday special, Bericalba Kinoba. In today's episode, we'll explain what Bericalba is all about, but before we continue on, we need to give some shout outs. Despite our unexpected hiatus, thanks to my job, we have a new Spaspeto defending the realm of Georgia. For their efforts, Andrew will now be known as Spaspeto Andrea Cutatelli Momgerali Erisa. Continue your vocal efforts, our new Spaspeto. If you would like to join Spaspeto Andrea in defending the nation, we do have a Patreon with content that releases twice a month from the history of Sacramento, Georgia, and Zara Power. We covered the film Salt for Sonetia this October. And joining us today is actually a friend of the show, Gio. Gio is part of the Fight Hop Georgia podcast, which covers all of the MMA fighters from Georgia. Hello, Gil, and welcome to the podcast. Roberto. It's a real pleasure and an honor to be here today with you. No, we're more honored to have you here. Gil has been a fan of the show since basically day one, and we're so glad to have him here. And since he's also a podcast creator, and to be fair, he helps me with a lot of the research by finding things in Georgian for me. He's basically the show's translator at this rate. We're very glad to have you here for Betty Calba and... We know, well, I know that you actually don't know much about this holiday. Yes, I'm probably the the, the worst uh, Georgian to have on because I'm not really much of a history buff, you know. But uh, like I said, um, when, well, I was really young when I moved moved out of Georgia. You know, I was nine. So I've always been, uh, for a few years now, I've been searching for like a history podcast, especially in the English language. And, you know, this that's how I found your podcast and I've been grateful that you've been doing this and yeah it's a real pleasure to be here with you well thank you for the kind words and i hope that i can showcase a bit of what i know about Berikalba, and then you can give your thoughts based off of what you grew up with because it's always more fun to have to have someone to discuss a holiday with because let's be fair lots of people in georgia don't know about Berikalba, if we're being honest because it remains mostly in like smaller villages uh near the eastern side of georgia before we start talking about Berikalba. I would like to thank Russo Strelkova from Georgia Today, who wrote the article I was able to get most of the information from, and Nino Abakelia, who wrote a paper concerning the Bericas and some of the rituals done during Bericalba. Let's start with what Bericalba means. The root word, Beri, means childish, leading Bericalba to mean being childish or playing around. Bericalba usually takes place during the New Year festivals in the villages around Georgia, and we're covering this in October because, well, the costumes are terrifying and it's a ruckus and I don't want to wait till spring to cover this. And let's start with a quote from the People of the Hills, Ancient Ararat and the Caucasus by Charles Burney and David Marshall Long, which says, The 
Georgian trove tied festival fertility and rebirth is entirely pagan in inspiration. It is called Berikaoba and involves processions and orgiastic carnivals in which the act of sexual intercourse is mined and ancient phallic rites are perpetuated from year to year. Wow, we're going plus 18 over here. <laughs> yep, mark this episode down as explicit. So that might be true for what it used to be, but as, you know, with Christianity and everything, it has been toned down over the years. Yeah. I, I can't, because I can't imagine that the the priests would allow stuff like that to happen in the streets. Yeah, and it's uh, I find it to be a little like Shakespearean as well, you know? A lot of theater going on over there with uh, Betty Galba, right? And um, there is a female character of the bride as well, which is a male. And yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't call it very sexual, but there is kind of like a playful pinching and stuff like that. Yeah, and we'll get into that too. But yeah, it's very much all of these roles that we're, we'll find during the procession are actually played by men. So even the woman is a man who's dressed up as a woman. I'm trying to figure out who, who would make the better bride here, uh, yourself or I. Uh, I'm not sure. With oh, the, obviously me. <laughs> now, with the beard, you have a real full Georgian beard there. So I think I might have to take the role of the bride. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, I would be glad to wear a dress, but that's just, that's just you. <laughs> um, it's fine with me. I don't care. It's fun. Well, I, I will say I've never been able to see or experience Betty Calba, but reading multiple articles and concerning people's experiences who have experienced it. It is just another rank, rancorous procession that are mostly located within the smaller villages of Georgia. You'll see sometimes it'll go out into the bigger cities, but it's not as big as it would be in like the valley villages where people aren't paying as much attention because it's hard to get to them because Georgia's, you know, it's a small nation, but it's, if you try to get around anywhere, it's going to take you at least five hours. Yeah, well, right now it's much easier because there are, like, new highways done in the recent years. But, I mean, back before, like, 2000, it would be hard even then to get around, especially the mountainous regions. Yeah, I mean, I've seen those roads. It's just, like, really swervy, yeah. like, one-lane roads because it's just so small. And you're like, how can Georgians drive like this? And then you're like, that's why they're very good drivers. Yeah, I... I stumbled up, actually, last time I went, it was in 2017, and uh, my uncle and I were driving back from Kacheti back to Tbilisi, and uh, I had a terrible hangover, you know, in Kacheti, as you as you will, most probably, right? And I was pretty much knocked out on the car, and all I, I just opened my eyes, and my uncle pulls over, and I see uh, these uh, costumes, the Berika costumes on the street, you know, like a couple of guys... And I, I really got freaked out. I mean, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> so you did get to experience it a little bit. That's great. Yeah, it was scary, especially on a hangover. My uncle was like, hey, come out of the car. Come, come. I was like, no, thanks. I'm staying here. I'm up the window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going, if you're leaving a place in Georgia and you don't have a hangover, were you really in Georgia? <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah, if you're, like, if you're not rolling out of there and ha and are hungover, you weren't in Georgia because they're going to feed you a lot and then they're going to call you fat for eating too much. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not on the way to a place where you'll get a hangover, you're most probably not in Georgia. Or you're going to Armenia. <laughs> uh, so, like, and speaking about the villages, Berikalba brings together the men from the villages and they will hide away the woman and the children and decide amongst themselves uh, which roles they'll take during the procession. So they have a few options, which you mentioned earlier. You have the role of Kekela, who is the bride. 
she is the only named character in this whole procession. It's just Kekela. Um, then you have a groom who is a monkey wearing a choka. Right. Yeah. That's the only Georgian, I think. That is the only Georgian you'll see there. Yeah. So apart from the bride. Apart from the bride. And like, but the only traditional Georgian costume is mm-hmm. the groom because because he's wearing the choka, which is yeah. I'll put a picture of the groom as like on the website once we finally update the website after however many months it's been. And then someone will be dressed up as one of the invaders of Georgia. So it could be the Tatars, it could be the Persians. More recently, it's the Russians. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so they have a few different people they'll invade, but most traditionally, they'll be dressed up as a Tatar. Right. They paint their faces. Not paint their faces. I think they would use like uh, the remains of a pan to uh, smudge their faces black to, uh, you know, personify this character, you know? Yeah. No, they, they like, yeah, they cover their faces with like soot, charcoal, or like yeah. with mud just to make it like, like, so they can hide their faces from the people to make it more like ritualistic. And then they have the Berikas, which are, who look like the traditional totemic animals of Georgia, such as the goat, the boar, the bear, and the wolf. Because, you know, Georgia is the land of the wolves, Gurgia. So, but of course, you're probably wondering, what is a Berika? As Guillaume mentioned earlier, a Berika is a man who walks around wearing um, sheepskin clothing that's turned inside out, and they cover their faces with soot, charcoal, or smear it with mud. Uh, when they do so, it connects them with the pagan reminder of the constant revival of nature, fertility, and propagation. Um, they also wear costumes and masks from different skins and hides of animals, all the while decorating themselves with animal skulls, tails, feathers, horns, pumpkins, ribbons, and bells to express themselves and bring attention to them because they're going to be terrifying and loud because there's nothing scarier than a man in a mask with animal skulls on him coming to your car or a door and knocking. Yeah, it is. I've firsthand experience with that. (laughs) The sound they make as well, it's like this squeamish kind of sound, like devilish squeamish high-pitched sound. It's like, "Eh, eh," these kind of sounds. Yeah, it sounds like little, uh-huh. little devils. <laughs> you know, that exactly. And the reason they do that is because they embody the spirits of the dead. So because the Berikas are the ones responsible for fertility, if you take account the clothing that they wear, their disguised faces, and the rituals that they do during the procession. Yeah. There's a priest as well, I think, right, who marries them? Yes, there is a priest who, who does marry them. But that is during, like, the wedding procession. Um, that happens during, like, the theatrical parts of it so once the medicas and the actors are chosen remember these are all men a bugle sound so he goes and and that lets the villagers know that the medicas are making their way through the village yeah uh the medicas in their colorful clothing are also holding these large baskets and colorful sacks to hold their goods in while people march alongside them while playing the stivri the chonguri and the panduri these are all georgian instruments so you'll be able to hear it Probably after I say these words. Right. So they're going like trick-or-treating with those baskets to get um, different... Well, food and drink and whatever they get from yeah from the basically anything they people give will give them. So this is why I want to do it for Halloween because it's trick or treating, but in the spring. Yeah, it's a Georgian Halloween kind of thing. 
Yeah, that's why it makes more the most sense to do it now when people recognize it a bit more. But they actually have more rights. Like they can even jump into your yard uh, and just randomly take whatever they want, and you can't really say or do anything about it. So <laughs> they can like jump into somebody's yard and st- steal a chicken, and you wouldn't say anything. You just let them take it. And that's because that's part of the ritual. As you mentioned, the the berry cows would go house to house while making a big amount of noise and ruckus and going, <laughs> and making, um, and families would offer them bread, eggs, sweets, wine, money, or more. And of course, if the berry cows like what you're giving them, like you said, they're going to go in, jump into your house, jump into your yard, and just take what they want. And that makes, and that showcases them blessing your family yeah. with good with good things for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think they stop and uh, they drink to you as well, to your family. It might be the case. I think so, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember that part. They, they'll bless you with a glass of wine or whatever. That sounds very Georgian, so yeah. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, drink to your health, and then they'll drink some wine. But here's the bad part. If you don't give them anything, or worse, you ignore them when they come to your door, they're going to roll on the floor around your house. And they're going to curse your family for your insincerity and not giving them anything. So you're not going to have a good harvest. So people are very terrified if, like, the Berika doesn't like what they're doing. Yeah, um, they might even, like, uh, curse you with death or, like, yeah. Uh, you got the Scrooges of the village, you know, who don't want to take part and they don't answer your, you know, knock or don't come out to greet you. And they would get, they would get cursed. And also... They would not be welcome at the end when they have a big feast together. You know, there would be like a huge village feast. They would not be welcome. Right? Yeah. Uh, I still need to make an episode about that. <laughs> uh, count me yeah. in, okay? Count me in. Oh no, we're gonna have to do it live. You know. <laughs> but yeah, they have a super at the end of the the procession. But but there's a part. There's a different part of the ritual where every member of the household that the Berika visits. So everyone who lives in the house will attempt to remove a piece of wool from the Berika's sheepskin clothing, and they're going to hide it somewhere in their barn, their uh, pigsty, stock, or wine cellar, because it, that, that there's a superstition that that'll help increase their farm's like capabilities of like producing more things the next year. Wow, yeah, I heard that uh, there was like a similar thing, uh, like as you mentioned, but with the fake mustache or a fake beard, that um, they'd be wearing a fake beard, and uh, when they, when you open the door, when they open the door, you're supposed to grab the the fake beard off that the, might be in some villages yeah yeah because remember this is all in like smaller villages so it depends on where you're at yeah. so not all processions are the same there's over a hundred different scenes uh, that yeah. occur during the procession so like not everyone does it the same they do things a bit differently yeah there's no like one one set way of doing it yeah and now it's time to talk about the procession <laughs> so like what is the, the most traditional procession you have during Betty Calaba. As we mentioned earlier, there's a bride named Kekela, and she will go throughout the procession, and many people will give her special attention. They're going to try to kiss her, because if you kiss her, you get good luck and wealth for yourself. And I don't want to mention, like, this whole thing is men only, but the women have their own Betty Calaba, separated by gender. At the same time, the groom Berika is very steadfast in his attempts to kiss Kekela, and remains highly active in all his attempts. So he does really crazy things, which which explains him being dressed like a monkey to do so. And of course, Kekala tells the groom no. And she has different berikas who will protect her from anyone that gets too close. And they carry wooden swords marked with ancient symbols for protection. 
So there's more of your, the pagan things you were talking about earlier. This is a very pagan holiday, but it's just been Christianized. Yeah. And as the procession continues through the town, Kekala gives in to the groom's advances and she agrees to marry him. And they have a wedding ceremony, which is accompanied by probably the best Georgian thing other than wine, a supra. So they have a supra. And then it is interrupted unexpectedly by the arrival of an invader of a foreign nation, which is usually a Muslim Tartar. And he goes to, you know, Kekala is so beautiful and he wants her as his concubine. So he murders the groom and Kekala is just distraught with crying over her, her love's death. Yeah, and she's kidnapped, I think. Yeah, she is kidnapped. But before that happens, the people try to console Kekala. You know, they're gonna, they're, they promise to find her a much better husband because, you know, this one's dead. He's not going to be any good for her anymore. At that time, the Berikas take away the groom's dead body somewhere else. And once the groom is gone from the scene, the Tartar grabs Kekala and takes her back away to his castle. Now, as we cut back to the groom, the groom is taken to a magic tree and the Berikas attempt to revive him with different healing herbs and poultices. But nothing works because you can't revive the dead. So the groom is just dead. Nothing can help him. Even no magic can. Or can't you? Or can't you? Because a messenger arrives to the Berikas and tells them that Kekela has been stolen away by the Tartar. And this makes the groom jump up back into life. So he hears that his love has been kidnapped. He's like, well, I'm coming back to life. What's going on? And then he proceeds to chase down the kidnapper along with the other Berikas. And they have a big fight in the middle of the procession. So this is where things can be different because they're actually fighting. So who, what, the Tartar can win or the, the groom can win. So like people can do it differently and it depends on who the actors are. In most versions, he rescues Kekala and then marries her. But in other versions, sometimes he loses to the Tartar. It just depends on the village. Right. But at the end of the procession, they have this, this thing called the Saberico Supra which in the procession's time lasts for many days and many nights, and people just have a supra and join in with all the food and everything. Yeah. And to close out the supra, the Berikas give thanks to the Lord and ask for a Berikalba to be even better in the future. And, you know, and it's at this time, if you're one of the losers, if you're the groom who lost or the Tatar who lost, people will get eggs and just throw them at you. So it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and that is Berikalba. Thoughts? Sounds uh, sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, what you just mentioned right now, I mean, we're describe you're describing it pretty well, I think. Um, but it's all done with a like you said before, with a lot of music playing and singing. It's it's got that carnival festival vibe to it, and a lot of like a kind of poetry. Like even when they go door to door, uh, when they knock on the door, as you call it, they they have like special words they recite. And there's a lot of singing and as well yeah so it's basically like a whole bunch of holidays that people are usually used to in like the west but it's just combined into one big holiday um and it's really cool because i would love to experience this sometime so if i can never get to georgia and do like be part of betty calba i would love to take videos um i will be putting videos in the episode transcription or any episode description so that way you can actually see the craziness that is betty calba yeah. um, we'll have some betty calba themed music for the episode as well so you'll be able to hear a bit of that but it's a lot of different things that go into it. But there is a different. There's also a similar holiday in Georgia called Kinoba, which you mentioned earlier. Kenoba. Kenoba. Okay. Kenoba. Yeah. I, I see Kinoba, and I was like, ah, no, it's Kenoba. So thank you, Gil. Um, <laughs> and this holiday was meant to bring out the patriotic spirit of the Georgians as they struggled against the incoming invaders and against their conquerors. So in Kenoba, uh, this comes from the word Khan, 
and brings us the character named Ken, who is both the king of the ritual and he also collects the dues from the population to symbolize fertility. He wears a hat that is often a nest decorated with vines and ears of rye. So it's very similar to Berikawaba. It's just a more like patriotic version of it. So it's more like modernized. And, uh, and this one you might see a lot more. I believe they have individual characters, in, not characters, uh, historical figures in it. Like, for example, they might have like an invader, you know, like a certain invader, like Shah Abbas or somebody like that, you know, that was invading Georgia, right? So it's uh, a lot about, it's really, a, it's kind of like a rebellion, you know, against the invaders. Yeah, it is. And like somebody who's very famous for participating in Keonova was uh, Ilya Tochavadze. Yes, I also read about that, yeah. Yeah, Ilya Tochavadze. We haven't heard, talked about him in the podcast too much, but when he get when he arrives to the podcast, he's going to have a lot of episodes because yeah, sure. Tochavadze is the father of the nation. Absolutely, yeah. Basically, anything Georgia, you're going to see, like, you're probably going to see, like, Shota Rusaveli, Tamar, and David, Vakhtang, and Ilya Tchotchavadze. Absolutely, yeah. Those are all... I'm looking forward to all of those episodes. Oh, I am too. Vakhtang is being worked on very <laughs> difficultly. Uh, Vakhtang is leaving me for a mess because there's a lot of stuff to cover and there's a lot of weird things. And But to close out the Berikaoba and Keonoba, these are all festivals that allowed the Georgians to preserve centuries of national traditions, such as wrestling, singing, and dancing because these were all part of the ritual games and the processions. And this really did allow for Georgians to kind of keep their individuality and their spirit within themselves, especially during a time of turmoil and lots of conquests, especially from like 1800 and on, where it's just been one conquer after the other, mostly from the North, actually only from the North. But um, there's been a lot of things that people do try to do to kind of keep the Georgian spirit alive. And they, now they're able to celebrate it as they wish. Yeah, and another fun um, fact that that's connected to the wrestling you just mentioned. So there be there will be a couple of villages, right? Uh, maybe close by each other that they will have like one main road in between where two different packs of berigas from different villages may stumble across on on each other, right? And if Ooh. that happens, they have a traditional Georgian wrestling bout going on between them. And uh, the winner takes the other Berikas, all of the other Berikas, uh, food and drinks that they've collected from <laughs> from doing the rounds. <laughs> oh my god, that is so awesome! Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, traditional Georgian wrestling is uh, quite a treat to watch live. I have so much to do when I get to Georgia. I don't know when that's happening, but I have so much to do. <laughs> For real, you need a, you need at least a good month in, month there. Oh man, if only I could take that much time off. <laughs> oh well, but yeah, that is uh, Berikalva Keonova. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It was. I mean, it's a quick. It's a quick thing. Like, there's not. It's pretty simple, straight in, straight out. We're glad to hear about the experiences you had at the Berikas as well because i was not like i would be terrified if i just woke up and just saw these people in masks just around me like i'll be like oh my god what the heck is going on yeah it's got a different kind of the the costumes are different they're not like i mean halloween costumes i mean there's some of them are so high tech and the masks i mean they can look pretty scary right but i've never had the feeling of like ever being scared of any halloween costume but like these bedicas when i 
suddenly opened my eyes on this countryside road and it was like I felt like <laughs> I was somewhere else. <laughs> I guess I was. No, so I, we actually did get. I did actually get out of the car. We spoke to them, and uh, we did. Uh, we didn't have any food or anything, but you can also give them some change or whatever you have. Yeah, money, and basically, if you to give them something, they're happy. Yeah, yeah, or share a glass of wine. But you know, we were driving, and you could have shared a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, I needed one for sure. Don't we always need one? And you know, the Supra happens at the end of Berikalba, so like everyone gets to eat, and like it's this massive. A long table. I'm going to save the rest of it for the for the Supra episode, whenever that happens. You know, it's a lot of fun. I was able to be part of one, and I don't remember the rest of the night. So I just know the next morning I was like, I'm like, I'm why am I still full? So they have this, uh, they have like all the people from the village, all the neighbors and everyone all seated outside because there's just too many people, right? So they just yeah. connect a lot of tables and it can be like one row or three rows, or it can go in different shapes. But it's quite a sight, yeah, with all the food and. Uh, oh yeah, I'm, I you know I just ate breakfast and I'm not like <laughs> drooling. Like I want the supra again. Well, anyways, I think this is um a good place to finish. Um, Gio, where can people find you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, my handle is Stalgio, S-T-A-L-G-I-O. And on Instagram, it's Nostalgio, N-O-S-T-A-L underscore G-I-O underscore. Perfect. And I'll link those in the episode description. And that way people can find you there. You could also find Gio posting on my post as well. So that's another way to do it. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, also check out Fight Hop Georgia if you have a chance. Yeah, check out Fight Hop Podcast. Fight Hop Podcast, the first independent Georgian MMA podcast. And once again, Robert, I'm I'm so glad that uh, I got to speak to you on, on your pod. And you're doing a great, great job and really love what you're doing. Thank you so much as a Georgian. Uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. Urmesi Madloba. Thank you. Urmesi means like the, the deepest. Uh, Urmesi. like the deepest of things. Really. Urmesi, okay. I'm going like, to cut out all the like, like, oh yeah, Urmesi. Urmesi. and thank you for listening to The History of Sakharvelo, Georgia. See you next time.